Hello, and welcome to the International Trade Resource Podcast, your go-to source for insights and information on all aspects of international trade. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a trade professional, or just curious about the global marketplace, we've got you covered. Recently, our host, Kim Kirkendall, sat down with Russell Brown and Art Dicker to discuss scaling back or closing down operations in China. Russell Brown is the vice chairman and partner of Acclimb Group, which is a regional corporate services firm focusing on China. In this episode, he will discuss how best to close your operations in China. If you would like to watch the webinar in its entirety, please visit our website, www.intltraderesources.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining our video today. We have a great topic for companies that have some type of entity in China. It can be a sales office, it can be a service office, a supply chain trading company, it can be a manufacturing company. When it comes time, you've decided you want to scale back the business, potentially you want to close the business, or even in some cases where you're selling it, you may need to make some of these changes. There's a lot of regulations and complexity around how you handle the employees and how you wind down the company. So we're going to start with Russell Brown, who's going to lead us off with a discussion on rolling back and deregistering and liquidating the corporation itself. So go ahead, Russell. Hi, everybody. So closing a company could happen through various different, uh, I suppose, strategies. I mean, it could be pulling out of China. It could be restructuring, uh, which is change of your business model from, say, trade manufacturing to trade or from direct selling to distributors, or it could be just downsizing and, and, and doing things slightly differently and maybe moving certain parts of your business to other markets. So do you stay? Do you go? Do you stay in a different way? Uh, whatever you do change-wise in China involves regulation. And so what I want to cover today is uh, the key aspects of, of, the regu- of the regulatory environment and some of the considerations as well, should you wish to close or change your business model. So there's a number of, there's a number of regulations that actually cover uh, a closure of a business um, or the change of a business. There's company law, uh, there's taxation laws, and I also put regulations and guidelines because different areas of China may have a, an overlying regulation that's at state level or province level, but you may have local guidelines as well. Uh, labor law and union law, bankruptcy law should uh, you you end up going into a, a registered restructuring. Local regulations on and any kind of restructuring where the, the, the local governments have incentives um, or different uh, guidelines as well. And then the foreign invested enterprise law. So there's a number of regulations that actually come into the changes or the closure of a business. In terms of the process, um, in, it, in the initial stage of closing down is, is to register with the government uh, for permission to close. And actually, by far, the most complicated part of a closure is the tax bureau. Um, that's the, that's the part that takes the longest. Um, I've got some slides on tax, which I talk about later. Following that, there's the customs, uh, and that can also be quite complex as well, because there's a lot of checks on, um, the fact that all the documents are in order when products went overseas or came in from overseas, which also links to the state administration foreign exchange. There's the administration of market regulation, which, which regulates all, all businesses now. There's handling with the bank, which uh, in most countries is relatively straightforward. But actually, when you go to leave China for any payment, then the final payment that goes overseas is not so straightforward. And yeah. so um, and so and that can actually take a while. Uh, there's the Social Welfare Bureau, 
which links with employees. Um, and uh, the risk there, of course, is, is if companies haven't been paying properly in the past, uh, and that will come. All, all these things come home to uh, come home to roost at the time of closure. And any other government bureaus where there's special licenses, health and safety, environmental license, or other licenses where you need to deregister as well. The way the procedure goes is first as an application letter. Uh, there's completion of a lot of documents signed with black wet ink. Um, I'm going to point that out because the amount of times we get documents back in a different color or the ball pen uh, has to be black wet ink uh, and all originals. Um, there's a newspaper announcement which um, is uh, published where if there's creditors that you don't know of necessarily yet, but there are creditors, uh, they can come forward. Um, at the same time, normally, if you publish a notice and you've got a disgruntled supplier or customer uh, or employee, that's normally the time that they might come out of the woodwork and, and launch a legal case against the company. There's a preparation of a liquidation report, if that's required. Um, all companies in China should have audit reports, which can be s- submitted if necessary to the tax bureau. But the tax bureau has the right to uh, request a liquidation report, which is in a similar way, like an audit report, um, looking at typically three years of financials, but also looking at the closure position and the closure balance sheet as at, as at the time of closure. There's a submission of various application letters to the different bureaus, which I mentioned a minute ago. And then where there are issues found, negotiation. Um, in China, the tax bureau, as well as most bureaus, are relatively practical. Um, and that's the way often the laws are written. Uh, but if there are tax issues, like transfer pricing, for instance, which I'll talk about later, uh, it generally comes to a negotiation where they believe your margins maybe were too low because of your pricing. You um, you might believe that they're okay, and it comes down to you justifying your position, and it comes down to them trying to argue their position, and as I say, at the end of the day, a negotiation. Uh, finally, there's the closing of all bank accounts and the transfer of remaining funds. Now, in terms of funds, and, and uh, one of the things with closing down the balance sheet is actually to wind down the balance sheet to a position of just having your capital, um, your retained earnings that have not been distributed, and cash. If there's any intercompany balances, they need to be cleared either through payment or or through write-off. Write-off has a risk that they're non-deductible for tax purposes if it's on the debit side of the balance sheet, so it's a cost. But it's a matter of looking at all the balances and seeing whether you would clear them or whether you, it's possible to write them off. And if you've got any balances linked with services or royalties or interest or outstanding loans that can be paid back to head office, it's better to get those done before the final wind down balance sheet. And at the same time, if you've got retained earnings, it's better to clear those uh, through dividends if you can, because you can do that before you get into the lengthy closure process, because the closure process can take I mean, if it's, if it's a company that's got limited transactions, maybe as little as four months, but it can be up to 18 months or two years. Um, I, I had a company with very limited transactions and it took two years, mostly yeah. because of the bank. Well, so, yeah, so that's right. You go through the tax bureau. Once you've got through then, then you've got to deal with the bank and the bank will look at the history as well. Um, and they'll, they'll want supporting documents for the, the final submission for the distribution of the retained, the final retained earnings part. Um, so where you can distribute a dividend in advance and, and clear as much as possible, then that's normally preferred. At the same time, if you're in a country where you've got a preferential tax treaty, the dividend and you've got substance on the overseas place, uh, country, uh, you might be able to get, say, 5% preferential tax treaty dividend tax as opposed to 10%, which is your capital gains on the final distribution of whatever's left in the balance sheet. And then lastly, there's collection of clearance letters from any of the government bureaus. There is a requirement to keep uh, all your, your documentation. Um, 
for 10 years, though some government departments will say financial should be kept for 30, but normally we say 10. In reality, companies, if they've left, maybe just destroy all their documents or take them back to head office. Um, in terms of this, the process, of course, first is to say, when do I close? If you've got people, when do you announce to those people? What is your closure date? Um, I know Kimberly is going to talk later about termination of people and how you go through that process and also what labor law covers in terms of caps and percentages of, of, of headcount that you can lay off without having to go through a formal registration of closure process with the Labor Bureau. You do have severance uh, pay, um, and it actually can be classified as a criminal uh, offense if a company is solvent and not paying the staff properly according to labor law. And actually, during the closure, if there's any past issues on labor law, such as you weren't paying overtime that you should have been, you... you um, weren't um, paying social welfare properly according to the regulations you're underpaying uh, typically all of these things come out at the time of closure and so uh, we'd normally advise companies to do an assessment before actually going through a closure process to understand any potential liabilities so they know what to do in advance um, there's then other other things such as advising customers or well, how are you going to deal with the customers uh, advising clients of the stoppage looking at alternative arrangements Termination of supplier contracts, uh, is, if there's a contract in place, uh, and what are the terms, and then how do you negotiate your way out of those? Sale of assets or shipment of assets to other countries or facilities, and doing that properly. We had one client who uh, shipped assets to uh, to Mexico uh, from China, but uh, the uh, customs bureau was arguing that they hadn't actually seen the facility before they were shipped. But it's making sure you go through proper procedures because it's very, it's very much crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Securing financials and chops, as, as Kim will know <laughs> from her experience, um, you, when you go through termination, uh, chops have a lot of power, as do the financials, and as do the corporate IP as well, designs, computers, servers. So having a plan on how you're going to secure all of this in, in, in advance of any internal announcement. And, and also, do you have a trusted team internally who who can help you with this in advance of the general announcement to all of the staff. Um, I mentioned earlier the most time-consuming part of, of a closure after getting to the point of registration, so you've gone through the wind-down, uh, is the tax bureau. Uh, it can take six months if there's a transfer pricing issue, could be a couple of years. Um, they normally will assess three years' financials if they come in to do an assessment, but they can go back for 10 years on transfer pricing irregularities or tax evasion. Actually, if they suspect um, customs inf- uh, in, um, um, irregularities, they can actually go back further than 10. Uh, the issue companies often have there is that uh, they haven't got any documentation to necessarily support their transfer pricing because uh, in, in, internally they say, well, we'll deal with that if it happens. Well, when you go to close, all of this comes out onto the table. And so, as I mentioned earlier, we advise that pre-planning, um, doing doing a review of your situation, seeing what potential liabilities might be there, looking at your accounts, doing some pre-closure uh, adjustments if necessary. Sometimes it might be taking a longer time to wind down and not doing it all in one go uh, from a risk perspective. But, but the most important thing is after assessing everything is putting in place a proper strategy. Uh, in terms of tax, these are the, all the different taxes that have to be considered. Um, Typically, corporate income tax links with transfer pricing, import duties uh, and, and customs duties and uh, links with the importation of product transfer pricing. Individual income tax, have you paid that properly in social welfare? Uh, but we'd look at all the different taxes and say, have you been paying properly? 
Uh, and when I talk about transfer pricing, I'm really talking about any intercompany transaction that crosses a border. It's not necessarily hitting the China reporting thresholds or even the OECD guidelines. It's really that if you've got an intercompany relationship with some transactions going on, are they reasonable? Are they arm's length? And could it cause an issue because of your margins on the closure? If uh, you're in a situation where you can't actually do a um, a voluntary closure or deregistration liquidation um, because of issues with, with, with creditors or lawsuits, then there's two other potential op- options. One is to do a voluntary bankruptcy uh, or apply for a voluntary bank or restructuring um, where you can get permission from the courts. Um, you can still control the process to be able to do this. You need a solvent balance sheet, not an insolvent balance sheet. And it's generally safer for the officers of the business because they have to stay on through the process or you have to appoint a liquidation committee um, who who will replace the officers. Or in the situation of an insolvent business, an involuntary bankruptcy or restructuring, uh, it has a lot more risk around it. But if you you are in financial issues, then uh, it works in not too indifferent ways as to how bankruptcy work would work in other countries. but if companies can avoid going down that route, we would always always suggest that. So that, that's it for me, just to give you an overview um, on, on sort of the process and how you go through a closure. Uh, a lot of those departments I mentioned, also, if you're just changing or restructuring, you'd still need to deal with those departments um, as you went through the process. That's all for this episode of the International Trade Resource Podcast. We hope you found this discussion insightful and informative. To find more episodes and more information on all things international trade, check out our website at www.intltraderesources.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on your favorite platform to help us spread the word. Join us next time for more exciting insights on the global marketplace. Until then, keep thinking globally.